over the last several weeks, we have been talking about the various components of an infection prevention program and using the CDC ICAR tool to look at different sections of your infection prevention program and really taking a deep look at each one of those to see where we can identify um, any areas for improvement and identify gaps in our program. And so then we can work to finding solutions to close that gap. Um, last week, I discussed the key components of an infection prevention program. So if you missed that episode, I do encourage you to go back and listen to um, what are those key components. This week, I'm going to talk about finding infections. Um, and, and this process is most commonly referred to as surveillance. Um, so we're going to talk about that today. And I want to start by saying the key to surveillance is consistency. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is you need to call an infection an infection using the same criteria and definitions each and every time. You want to use the exact same criteria every single time. And the reason is, is if you start making exceptions, then it's hard to make comparisons. You want to make sure that you apply the exact same criteria every time and do not make exceptions. And the way that you do that is you use um, an established set of definitions. And the most common types, there's two common types. One is NHSN, which is the National Healthcare and Safety Network, which is part of CDC. And then there's also the McGeer criteria, which is more commonly used by long-term care facilities. And so I want you to pick which one that you're going to use. And then I want you to stick with that criteria every time that you are going to define an infection. You, do, you don't want to skip back and forth just based on the day or based on the month. You want to choose, and many times it's important to point this out in your infection prevention plan. When you talk about we are going to do surveillance for these certain infections using blank definitions or criteria, you want to spell that out in your plan and so that it is very clear that it is not Missy Travis deciding if this is an infection or not. Missy Travis is the infection preventionist and she is using these established criteria to determine if this is an infection or not. So it's not my opinion, I'm using these criteria and I'm using them the, the same every single time and so that way we know that we have a consistent process in place and we can trust the data that we have and we can use it for comparison purposes. And this is so important because I can't tell you how many meetings that I've been in over the years where I've had physicians question, you know, why did you call this an infection? I don't think this is an infection. And I can pull out my definitions and show them this is where it says that this is a definition. Now, these are epidemiological definitions, so they don't always match up exactly with the clinical picture. 
And that's where it gets confusing sometimes because you'll have clinicians who are saying, but clinically, this person did not have a UTI or clinically, this person did have a UTI, but you need to stay consistent with the definitions because we always follow the definitions and we do that because we want to have consistency and we want to make sure that the definitions are called the same every single time. We really just want to remove um, any subjectivity so that we know that we're only using the definition to define what is an infection. So if you do not have a standard set of definitions, you need to do that right now. And you need to use those every time. And I will put links for the NHSN and the McGeer criteria in the show notes in case you're not familiar with those. So I want to talk about some key points about performing surveillance. One, you want to review microbiology reports, readmission diagnoses, repeat surgery diagnoses, and history and physical reports. So these are some of the key indicators that you can review to see if someone could possibly have a hospital or a healthcare-associated infection. The micro-reports, most everyone reviews micro-reports. That's a given. The readmission diagnoses, and if you do surgery, the repeat surgery diagnoses, those may be things that you haven't looked at before, and possibly the history and physical reports. Um, A lot of times you can get these reports from someone who works in medical records or someone who works in finance um, because they're also looking at those things because they can impact reimbursement. And so I encourage you to have them pull those reports for you either on a weekly or a monthly basis and just scan through those names and look to see if there's anyone that you need to look at a little bit closer to see if possibly they have Um, a healthcare-associated infection, because sometimes um, there's not going to be a microbiology report. Um, It just depends on the type of infection. And so you want to make sure that you are looking at all the different pieces of information that could lead you to um, a healthcare-associated infection. Then you want to review um, the medical record to determine if the criteria are met. And I can tell you, I've done infection prevention for a long time. And most of those years, I've used the NHSN definitions, but I pull those criteria out every single time, even though I have memorized many of them, um, because one, they do change. There are some changes made every year. Um, so sometimes there, there's been a change, but I just want to go through that process every time that I'm comparing it directly to that definition and that criteria so that I know that for sure that it meets the criteria or it does not. Another important point is to get a second opinion if you are unsure if you meet the criteria. Um, I think this is really important if you are new to infection prevention or new to doing surveillance. Having an extra set of eyes to also look at it to do a double check is really important um, because they may catch something that you miss or they can also just say, yes, I totally agree, which is going to boost your confidence. And so um, really important to get that extra set of eyes if you're unsure about it, because sometimes it can be tricky. And honestly, the documentation is usually not perfect. 
And so sometimes it's hard to tell from the documentation if the criteria is met. And there's even sometimes that I've had to go back to a clinician and ask them, you know, what does, you know, what did you mean here? Or did you go back and recheck this again? Um, Because you're wanting to get a clear picture. You're wanting to know. And the criteria is very specific. Now, you're not wanting to lead them into changing documentation. I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes you need further clarification. Or sometimes you can just tell that they forgot to document something or maybe something was documented incorrectly. So it never hurts to do some clarification. For instance, if you see in the medical record that they wrote in a note that the uh, resident or the patient had a fever, but when you go look at the vital signs, you don't see a fever documented. That might be an opportunity to go to that person and say, you know, I noticed that you documented fever here, but I don't actually see a fever. And to be able to call this an infection, I need to actually see a fever. Um, So sometimes you just have to ask some clarifying questions. And then you want to calculate your HAI rates using surveillance data. Um, So whenever you determine that something is an HAI, then you're going to use that to calculate rates. And many, there's different ways to calculate rates, but there's a lot uh, of rates that there is a standard way to do it, um, especially if you're wanting to make comparisons. And so you want to know what is the standard way to express this as a rate. Sometimes it could be per patient days. Sometimes it could be per uh, patient surgeries. Um, sometimes it could be per device days. You just want to know. And many times you'll find that within those definitions, depending on whichever ones that you are using. And then kind of uh, along that same train of thought, you want to establish or adopt benchmarks for your HAI data. Um, And so many times there will be a benchmark for what is considered acceptable um, or what is considered um, not acceptable or out of the norm. And many times this comes from making comparisons with other facilities that are similar to yours um, and looking at what their HAR HAI rates are. And that way you know if you are above average or below average or above what's expected or below what's expected. Now, for some of your infection data, it may be that you're doing internal comparisons. I've worked in facilities before where they were owned by a corporate entity and we did our comparisons internally. And so that might be another benchmark that you're using, but it's just important to have a benchmark so that you know what your goal is because if you don't have a goal or a benchmark, then no one knows if a rate of 1.5 is high or if that's low or if that's average. It's really important that you are able to articulate that to other people or it's really not meaningful and they're not sure if they should act upon that or not. You want to report that data to the Infection Prevention Committee. Um, This has come up several times. I did do a podcast on how to develop an Infection Prevention Committee. So if you've not listened to that, go back and listen to that. 
um, and then share trends with leaders and frontline staff. I talked about this quite a bit um, in some of the prior podcasts that it's not enough to just calculate the data and put it out there. You want to make sure that you are sharing it with leaders and frontline staff and specifically letting them know if you see a trend, um, an upward trend in a particular infection, or if you're noticing that this infection is always occurring um, on a certain unit, um, then that's important to share with the staff so that they can then make adjustments based on the information that you're sharing with them. Because that's the whole reason that we are doing surveillance is so that we can quickly identify problems and make changes or make shifts that need to be made um, so that we can prevent those from occurring in other patients or other residents. Um, If others are helping you complete surveillance, make sure that that person is also following the criteria consistently so that your data is accurate. So you want to make sure if this is something that you're delegating to someone else, that they also um, know how to do this consistently and that your infection prevention committee knows that these are the definitions that you are using. And sometimes what I have done in the past is I'll take the definitions or send them out via email to the committee and say, these are the definitions that I'm using for surveillance. And that way they know, again, that it's not just you coming up with these designations, that you're actually using a set of um, published definitions and widely accepted definitions. So if you've enjoyed this episode today, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, I'm here to help you become an IP expert by teaching you practical skills that you can't learn from a book. Thanks so much for joining me today. Do you want to learn the basics of infection prevention in a new and interesting way? Then I have a message for you. My name is Missy Travis, and I help leaders and other infection preventionists learn the primary concepts of infection prevention without ever leaving their desk. I've spent the past several years working as a certified infection preventionist, and now I want to help others learn to manage their infection prevention program by connecting the dots with insight and experience. In short, I want to be your mentor. A mentor provides insider information that you just can't get from a book. If you are serious about becoming an expert or just expanding your knowledge in the area of infection prevention, join me here on the IP Mentor Podcast each week where I will provide relevant information that you can apply to your daily activities.